Hey, moms in business, welcome to the podcast that educates, encourages, and empowers women. I'm your host, Angela Fazio, and I'm committed to bringing you great business information, amazing guests, inspiration, and a godly perspective. Let's get started. Today's episode is brought to you by The Forum Coworking and Events in Chandler, Arizona. It's a great co-work space where people can meet clients, conduct business, um, have private events, or just have fun. It's also sponsored by East Valley Connect Facebook Group. It's connecting Phoenix East Valley community and local businesses. Hi, everyone. Today, I am going to be talking with Kimberly Selchin. She is the owner of Tudor Doctor and um, really great company here in the East Valley of Phoenix. And she's going to be talking to us about some struggles that she's encountered and how she's overcome obstacles in her business. I believe you're going to be encouraged by her and hopefully get some great tips to uh, make your business propel forward. So let's get the conversation started. Hey, Kimberly, thank you so much for coming out today. I am so excited to get this conversation started. So um, I want to start with, um, today we're going to talk about some really cool things with your business. You're a fairly new business owner and are coming across some of the uh, challenges that many of us come across. And I think our audience is going to learn so much about how to maybe address these things and overcome. So thank you for being a guest today. Um, Let's talk about let's talk about when you're running a business some of the challenges that we run across. What would you say you one of your biggest challenges is in running a new business? Oh gosh, there are a lot. So thank you. I'm glad this is the topic for today. It's true. <laughs> there are it's a, a lot. Real thing. And you know, I tell you, Angela, as much as I tried to predict everything that I was going to be thrown at or thrown into. I was wrong. It's harder than I even thought, but it's also a lot more rewarding. So some of the biggest challenges in starting the business. Anything that you, that comes to your mind at first, because we'll talk about a bunch of them. Okay. Um, one of the biggest things is knowing, knowing who I want to work with. What do I want the business to be? What do I want it to become? Like how big do I want it to be? Who do I want the customers to be? Like who do, who do I see myself and five years when I talk about my business, what does that look like? What does that sound like? Is it something that I'm proud of? So that all the steps along the way as I'm planning, who I'm hiring, um, what businesses I'm choosing to work with, how I market myself and my business, all of those things have to represent my vision. So the first thing is, well, what the heck is my vision? Yeah. So spending a lot of time like planning and strategizing, a lot of which is in my head, way late in the morning hours, in the evening hours. But yeah, that's that's probably the hardest thing is putting in the effort there. Well, I think that's a very mature place to start. I'm going to be honest, when my husband and I, and we run several businesses, when we first started our first business, um, we didn't, we spent some time on like, what do we want to be about? But we're more like jump in and doers than planners. <laughs> so to be honest with you, we didn't get really serious about who we wanted to surround ourselves with until a little bit into our business. And what it's, it, I wish somebody would have said to me, you need to think right from the start, who do you want to surround yourself with? So that's why. So tell me a little bit about what you've decided so far um, concerning, remember, so she's a, a Arizona or tutor doctor, right? Correct. Tutor doctor. So it's a, it's a, the um, tutoring for children. And so you are dealing with two questions, the people you hire. So your employees, right. And your clients. So how's it going so far? What, what have, what has been your process or your experience? I, I feel like it's going really well. And 
I do think keeping in mind who I like to work with has just, you know, whatever people believe in, I'll just say what I believe in because that's important. I believe in attracting things that I, that I stand for. What I put out, I tend to get. And I think it's true for anybody. So, you know, starting with the tutors, because that's, that was the obvious place that I had to start. I couldn't, I couldn't possibly bring in a new family or a high school kid that was trying to plan for the SAT without having a tutor that was qualified to, to tutor them. So I started with that. And as I would put out job postings and just interact with people at events and in just, I mean, anywhere, being out at a library, you would be surprised, Starbucks even. They're mm-hmm. just, you just strike up conversation with people. And those have led to meaningful relationships and some tutors that I've been able to bring on. So like my big thing is it's overall health and wellness. It's mental, it's spiritual, it's physical, it's the whole bundle. So academic success fits into that. It's how you believe in yourself. Do you believe in yourself? Do you have direction and goals? So the cool thing is a lot of the tutors that I brought in, they just happen to share a similar philosophy. Like they're, they were athletes. Some, some of them are D1 athletes. Um, they have had a huge variety of experiences. They're not just from you know, academia. They're not just teachers. They're not just tutors. They have world experience and life experience. Um, and that's amazing. It's, it's, again, it's flattering to me because it, it conveys what I want. I want people to be healthy. And I think a lot of them are. I think that's, a, I think that's fantastic because Jim Rohn says you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with, which is absolutely true. Yeah. And in my haste, um, the mis- one of the mistakes that we made in my haste as an early business owner, sometimes we would hire people out of desperation and even work with clients out of desperation even if our gut said, I don't know if that's going to be the best for you, you know, making that decision too quick or without listening to that truth of it matters who you surround yourself with. It matters for the quality of your life and business. So true. So that's wise that you think about that. Oh, I've done that too, mm-hmm. by the way, just, <laughs> just to be clear. Yeah. I've brought in, whether it's a tutor, whether it's, you know, in past life employees where I'm like, eh, I don't know, maybe I believe in them, but they don't seem to believe in themselves. Oh, I can bring, bring them up together. Right. We can, no, 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 I know. No, I hear you. No. We've done it. <laughs> We're fixers. It's working with people where they are <laughs> in this moment now, maybe someday later, here's my business card is what you have to say to those people. <laughs> wow. That is very, that's so, that's so true. So many times we're like, but we see potential. So yeah. come on, oh pull gosh, yourself yeah. up by your bootstraps. No. <laughs> No, no, no. They have to have that inherently. So tell us about another challenge um, that you're facing running a new business. Oh, Angela. Yeah. So this one is right now with scaling it. So I, I see how much potential there is in tutoring and education. You know, here we are in East Valley. We have so much pride in our schools. We have A-rated schools. It's a wonderful thing. We have a lot of need, whether it's from families or student initiated, but I can't, I can't grow too fast. And I have to go smartly and intelligently and making sure to, you know, preserve the, the vision again. Every time we meet with a new family or a new student, it's very personalized. So if we sacrifice the expectation, which is we're going to deliver a personalized tutoring experience and get them to their goal, then we've lost. Mm-hmm. If you only do that a couple of times and now the reputation is, is squashed. So right. scaling it to a sense where, one, we can just meet demand, um, but then, two, it's with quality. So that's that's a big struggle, and it's it's a lot of legwork of figuring out how much to spend on marketing. That's probably the easiest thing, actually. That's like an easy lever, just spend more or spend less. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's where, you know, targeting, is it zip codes? Is it schools? Is it businesses? Like you're, what you have here at the forum with bringing people together to network, great idea. And I didn't incorporate any sort of networking in the beginning and I'm finding a lot of value in it. 
Mm, when people, you, I'm a firm believer that people connecting, God created us to be in community. They, he created us to do that. Yes. That's not just personal, but it's in every facet of your life, including business. And that is why we are such proponents of face-to-face interaction. Yeah, online's great, but online has to meet real face-to-face time as well. And you're building relationships by networking and getting people to know you. So you're going to have much better chance, um, especially in your business, because it's, it's super personal with right. your tutors and your clients. I know firsthand, I will, t- I will shout your praises later, but um, you have to get out there and talk with people so you can know who they are. Because anybody can paint who they are online. Or if you don't spend enough time interacting with people, you don't get the full picture and you're making incomplete decisions. Right. You're in the people business, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you're not just selling jeans or something, which is still the people business, but you're like double the whammy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, jeans the look good. They really do. Uh, <laughs> jeans are great. Right? I'm not knocking <laughs> jeans, but you have people on all sides, right? Right. So that your product is people and relationship. Yeah. 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 It's called education and tutoring, but yeah. Oh yeah. Thanks for calling that out. I mean, it's human resources mm-hmm. and customer service. Absolutely. So let's talk about, uh, one thing that I know from our prior conversation is the when a, a strong woman like yourself, capable, starts a business, and you are clearly want it to be quality. There's a there's a uh, roadblock that often comes up, and that is the act of finding other talent and then delegating. Oh, the D word. Bum bum bum. Oh, the delegation word. Um, I am not awesome at this. Not yet. I hope to be. Um, okay. So delegating my struggle, like I feel it, like, I'm, I mean, you, you see me, I know Evangela, I'm like kind of having a visceral reaction to this, but delegating is like letting go of everything she has that the I shakes, worked people. so she hard has the <laughs> to create. Um, but by gosh, I don't want to stand in my own way. So, mm-hmm. uh, when I think about delegation, it's, I want, I want, you know, let's say it's an event, like it's a school carnival. I don't personally need to be the one to do that event. I really don't. You know, I love it. It's fun interacting with the kids and the parents. It really is. And that's a great way for the business to get exposed to the families of a school and to the school itself. So that's one piece that can be delegated. And the other thing is I am only one human being. So if I, I mean, I would be foolish to think I could possibly be at all the schools that we have every single weekend of the month when they're having activities. Okay, I got to interrupt. This is hilarious. You are now listening to Kimberly trying to talk herself in (laughs) to to the power of delegation. (laughs) Have I sold myself yet? (laughs) It's so hard. You know what? It is. You're so right. You're one person. And I'm I'm not a, a, like a... A perfectionist, but I'm a control freak, man. I love to be in control and I love things um, done my way, which is something that lo- the Lord has worked on, on me <laughs> because I know I feel like I, why should I even teach that person to do it? Cause I can do it faster and better than that person. Right. Tell me you don't think that. <laughs> I think that about you. I would never think that about Oh, myself. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's like I have so much, I'm so enthusiastic about things. Like when I get passionate about something and I'm really passionate about my business and what we do, I'm just like, no, there's no way anybody else could possibly have like 80% even of my enthusiasm. They're going to miss sales. They're going to forget to say something about the business. And I'm saying this, I'm making fun of myself by saying that. It really is silly. I, I wouldn't have brought these people, these tutors, these administrators, I wouldn't have brought them in if I didn't think that they were talented. So it's it's all about me. It's not about them and mm-hmm. their capabilities. It's just letting go. It's going to be just fine. And you know what? It actually might be better. 
It and there it might you go. be better. And here's what's interesting that I've learned over the years about delegation. And I got to give credit to the Dave Ramsey Entre Leadership Organization. I got a shout out to them because they really helped my husband and I learn this. But delegation is not what most people think it is. It's not, hey, I'm amazing at whatever I do. I'm just going to go find someone who I think is talented and plop it in their lap. Well, yeah, sure, you can call that delegation, but it's not healthy delegation. Delegation is, hey, I think you have talent. So I'm going to give you a little bit of rope, just a little bit, and I'm going to see how you do. And if you fail, I'm going to reel you back in. And if you succeed, I'm going to give you a little bit more rope. Delegation, it's the art of delegation. It is not simply handing a task over and hoping that they have the talent and the wherewithal to get it done. It is a process of leaning into people that you trust and that you recognize they're talented and then giving them just enough rope until they can earn the extra rope. It's a process and it's arduous, but it's so worth it because you nailed it right on the head. You will find people who can do it as well as you and maybe better. It's so powerful. People out there, you've got to learn the art of delegation. It's no fun. It's no fun at first, but it is hugely rewarding over time and you cannot scale a business without it. No. So I encourage you. I encourage you. Okay, tell the audience your biggest fail to date. Like just fall on your face. I failed, jacked that up, and then how you pick yourself back up. Uh with business <laughs> or in my human life. It doesn't matter each one. We both mm. we have both to all of us. Dramatic pause. Uh, I've made a I've made a few. Um Biggest failure. Um, okay. While you're thinking, All do right. you have one? I, I have okay, one. Go. Yeah. So this is not this is not the first business that I've had. Um, I had a business when I was in my twenties. I was in my twenties and had just about as many properties. And so this is another <laughs> case where if I look back, I probably could have delegated some of these things because I tried to do all of it. I tried to buy the properties, manage the properties, um, network with the realtors, the title companies, negotiate my own contracts, financing, everything. Um, oh, and by the way, manage the tenants and oh, you're all nuts. the evictions. Yeah, it was insane. It was insane. So you're batshit crazy. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> shockingly, I do not have any of those properties any longer, <laughs> but I have a lot of learning. So that's what it is. So I didn't, honestly, even then, I did not feel like I fell on my face. I lost I lost a lot of money. That was true. But I learned so much and I'm, I am applying it. As much as I joke about delegation, uh-huh. I, I do delegate and I do believe in empowering people to do better, but it's still hard. It is still hard. I, w- yeah. I got to commend you. The, the most successful people that I know can easily um, talk about their failures and all of them say, but not I'm glad for it. Please bring me another, but <laughs> I'm glad for it because I took that what I learned and I changed that into new knowledge that I'm going to apply so much better in the future, right? Yeah. A a healthy, people think that failure is a bad thing, but I don't see failure as a bad thing at all. I see failure as a necessary step in the process toward great success. It's necessary. I've never met a successful person who's never had a failure and probably many, many, many of them. So, um, yeah, I like to talk about failures with people. It makes, um, People feel human. I'll tell you some bad mom stories because that makes people feel better because I have six children and um, the bottom two are adopted and I'm um, a total jerk sometimes, I'm going to tell you. So I'll tell you a bad mom story. I like to get up very, very early in the morning and work out. That's my time. Like my whole life is just 
full with activity, which I love. I'm not complaining. So I get up super early and go work out. And I, I'm in there, and I, that, I don't want anybody out there. That's why I get up so early. And the other morning, my youngest, Bentley, who's um, eight, and he's going to be wonderful one day, I swear, one day. Right now, not so much. And so I have an exercise room, and you look across a courtyard, and there's a big window to my dining room. And I don't know what made me look over. It was early in the morning. I look over, and there's one of my dogs staring at me, cute, right? That's all right. And then Bentley waving with a stupid look on his face, waving at me. And what I should have done is just wave back, right? I just should have. What I wanted to do was tell him he's number one in the middle, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, and, but what did I do? I rolled my eyes at my eight-year-old child who's just trying to say good morning to me and Aww. turned back to my workout. Yeah. I'm like, bad mom. You know, those kinds of things are like little failures that I like to share with people because I think sharing your failures and being a jerk um, sometimes and then being able to admit it and recognize it makes people feel like human beings yeah. instead of like... Well. I, I will share a story with you if you'd like. I would that love to make hear that it. That one feel much more trivial. And I will say this: you don't probably need a pep talk, but kids <laughs> really are resilient, and they're also really fickle. So what happens one moment, you give them a big hug, and you mean it, and they're over it. They're they're way much more resilient than yes, than it's adults true. Are. It is true. Okay, so here here's a really really bad mom story. Um, but this was shaped it shaped my it shaped my future. It changed my trajectory. Um, I was working in the corporate world. I had you know executive positions and I was traveling a lot, like a lot, and I was working far more than my quote unquote 40 hours. Everybody knows there's no such thing as 40 hours in the corporate world, um, but I was working a whole lot and I was not honoring my own commitments to my family. Um, I would say, oh, I'll be home for dinner tonight because in my head I wanted to be home for dinner. I really did, or I thought I did, um, but there was one night where I guess this pattern had been going on for quite a while and I came home and it was, it was well after eight o'clock. Um, nobody had been fed um, because mama said that mama would be home for dinner. So everybody waited. And <laughs> this is much to my dismay because I was like, oh, well, I didn't just move on without me. I mean, you know, it's just dinner. Yeah, eat dinner. Well, you know, for this particular night, I think the family had just had it. So at this time, my kids were little. They were probably two and three, and they were 16 months apart, so they were pretty close. And they were starving, which as ever, anyone knows who has kids, when kids are hungry and kids are tired, they are, they are not nice little people. So <laughs> they let me have it. So they were fed, um, but things didn't get better. So we went upstairs, tried to go to bed. They were just not having it. They wouldn't brush their teeth. They wouldn't take their bath. They wouldn't get their pajamas on. And then I'm sure that I lost my temper and my patience. Um, I'm not really a big yeller, but I get terse, you know, like just get in bed, right. you know, like that. And my, my son, he said, uh, very, very loud and angrily, he said, I hate you. Why are you even here? You're like, ouch. And uh, I crumbled. I mean, I crumbled. I, I just, like, tears just came out of my face. It wasn't even sobbing. It was just, like, mm -hmm. a waterfall. And I was so shocked. And he went into the closet, and he shut himself in. And I was like, what am I doing what is this madness? Mm. This isn't for me. I'm like, I liked what I did. There were lots of facets of the job that I liked. But I'm like, this is supposed to be for my family. Right, right. And it was, I wasn't able to walk in the next day and just quit, but it definitely changed the next position that I chose and the next position that I chose so that I could have more flexibility to be home more. Right. Um, and then eventually now I'm like, so, so see, see you later. Bye with that. I'm going to start my own business. And right now, no, I still don't have a lot of time, but I can carve out the time to be home when I need to be home. Right. And it's that a little more flexible. Feels amazing. Good. Yeah. You know, I will tell you that mommy guilt is what we talk a, a lot about 
on this show. And you're right, kids are resilient. And we should listen to those moments and do things with them. But I got to tell you, um, the, the whole balance thing, it doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. Now, maybe there's probably somebody out there who has it all figured out and can make every part of their life, you know, their wheel of life um, so you don't have a flat, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I've heard that analogy yeah, yeah. a lot. But I got to tell you, my husband and I, we have owned businesses uh, since the early 2000s, and um, we don't have balance. We have good, a good life. We love our children well. You know, we do great at our businesses, but we don't have balance. I don't have this much time I always dedicate to this area of my life. Yes, it comes and goes. Sometimes work overtakes some family stuff, and sometimes family has to overtake some work stuff. Sometimes my spiritual life needs to overtake other stuff. But I think that it's also unfair of us to think that there's such thing as this balance uh, equation. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think it exists. And if somebody has it, for God's sake, send me an email and give me the <laughs> equation. I just, I just don't believe it exists. So we have to go through things like that to achieve our sense of whatever balance really is. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a, an expression that I sort of thought about um, recently and I call it the everyday mom, like with quotes, like every day, like every day I'm on every day I'm in every single family event and every day I have the perfect meal planned and every day I am, you know, out there in the community and I'm growing my business and every day I'm doing yoga and I'm doing the things that matter. Like that's, I think the balance you were talking about, you, you just can't do every one of those things every, every day. day. Wait, do you really prepare balanced meals every day? <laughs> well, for myself, I, I do. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That one, I'm not going to lie. Kids, kids are getting I'm chicken like nuggets <laughs> and fries. <laughs> <laughs> like don't get a, don't get a glob of my like vegan <laughs> meals on this side, but then they'll eat whatever they eat. <laughs> I eat really well, but I always balance it out with wine. <laughs> <laughs> there has to, see there you found balance. You lied to us, Angela. There is balance. If, if that is the equation, it comes in eight ounce capacity. <laughs> if, if that is the equation, well, then I'm an expert. <laughs> <laughs> see, you learned something about yourself. So tell us if you had to um, give a piece of advice for a mom in business, whether they be a new, you know, any kind of advice, whether it be personal or somebody who's just starting out, what what piece of knowledge do you wish you had before that you have now that you can share? I think it is this. Um, I mentioned before about having a vision. That's more of like the business side of things. It's more just like knowing what you believe in and what gets you really passionate. Whatever. And yours, like give us a little synopsis. For mine, yeah. Um, my my passion with the tutoring business is keeping families together. Like education, or sorry, tutor um, homework. Excuse me. Is it seems to cause families to like unravel. There's <laughs> yeah. so much strain at the dinner table. Now the dinner table is not really a dinner table anymore. No, it's a like it's a go to your room table or it's a mom stop nagging me table. It just it becomes a place that's not about food and it's not about family and love. And and that's where a lot of you know a lot of homework happens. So. And I, I see families, including my own friends, I mean, not my family yet. We've so far been okay with homework, but it's probably going to happen soon. They're getting a little older. Um, but I see like this consternation when it comes to homework. So anyway, the thing with tutoring is it the way we do it is and it's personal, it's in home. So it brings the family together. Mm. The thing is helping your, helping your kid doesn't mean always being the one to do it with them. It's also knowing. Amen. <laughs> right? but it's also knowing, hey, you know what? Either this, I don't know this math anymore, or I just don't want to have to be the one to, to nag because that's what we do as parents a lot when we don't know what to do. We just, did you do it? Did you do it? Did you do it? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you do it? 
that, that doesn't work. Just, just so everyone knows as you're doing it, just stop. It, it doesn't work. Um, so, you know, the tutor can come in and kind of relieve that. So I, I feel like it gives families a chance to rebalance, set the priorities. Like moms, dads, we have to provide discipline. We have to provide love and direction, you know, and, and food and shelter, obviously. But we don't have to also be the tutor. It's like that's one thing we can take off of parents' plates. And the other big thing for the student perspective kids aren't mature enough yet to really know what they want. Mm. So if they at least just make it through school with some direction and feel confident that they can do math, they can complete their homework, they can get A's if they try hard enough, potentially, then they can make more mature decisions about what they want to do when they grow up, quote unquote, right? Yeah. I love, I love you. I'm going to brag on you a little bit. So I, like I told you, I have six kids. My first four didn't have really any challenges in school. They just, they really didn't. My second one does just didn't, didn't like it, <laughs> but right. Yeah. When it got to the last two, um, I thought it would just be the same. And um, I was a school teacher for 10 years. And I actually thought at one point, you can laugh if you know me, that I homeschool my kids and like make muffins and stuff, which is like not even my, <laughs> my thing. <laughs> but you know what? When it got to these last two kids, I almost lost my freaking mind trying to facilitate homework. It was, it was causing a lack of peace in my household. And it wasn't because I wasn't capable. I'm old, so I'm losing patience. But, you know, and when I brought tutoring into our life, you are absolutely right. It's in my house because most tutors don't come straight to your house, you guys. And it was in my house, so that was convenient. And it took that off me. And I can't tell you... I don't feel guilty whatsoever about that because I agree with you. It does not have to be me or another parent to do the tutoring. So you are being a blessing to families with the quality and, and the way that you deliver tutoring. So it's uh, tell us how, because now is a good time to give a plug for your company. Give us like the, the name of it, how they can reach you, how they can look at your information. Sure. Thank you. So we are Tutor Doctor North Gilbert and Tutor Doctor East Valley. So on Facebook, it's Tutor Doctor North Gilbert. And on Instagram, it's Tutor Doctor East Valley. We do one-on-one -on -one personalized in-home tutoring and SAT, ACT test preparation. And I will give you another um, kudos. Uh, Kimberly spent time getting to know what my needs were and the needs of my children and matched a tutor um, according to that. So that's really cool. It's really personalized service. I encourage you guys, if you have kids and you need a tutor, whether it's um, for a season, just to get through a test or a project, or for long-term because um, you don't want to do it <laughs> and you need it, then please contact Kimberly. They are an excellent company. So I just want to thank you for your time today and um, sharing uh, your struggles and sharing your victories. And um, I was just Really pleased to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. All it was right. a lot of fun. Thanks. Yes, it was. All righty. Thanks for listening to Hey Moms in Business. Have a great day.